0: Hi, I'm Ayelet Marinovich, your host. Welcome back to Strength in Words, a family enrichment program for parents, caregivers, and infants and toddlers of all developmental levels. Each week we get together to sing a few songs, discuss some ideas for play, and outline some insight about early development. This series is time for you to be together and to feel like you're doing something good for and with your baby, small child, or multiple young children. Please follow your child's lead. I am a speech-and-language pathologist, and I specialize in work with very young children, but this is not to be confused with speech therapy. This is what I call family enrichment. All suggested activities are meant to be enjoyed by your baby under close adult supervision. For a more complete story of Strength in Words, please listen to my introduction episode or visit my website, strengthinwords.com. Before we get started, I want to tell you about the free ebook I have available now in the products and services section of my website. It's such a great resource or gift idea for those of you or those you know who have or are expecting an infant. During almost every Strength in Words episode, I feature four songs, one of which I try to use within the context of a DIY craft or play material you can use with your child. The whole idea, of course, is that you don't have to be crafty to create play materials that support interaction and development. My ebook, Simple DIY Infant Activities to Promote Development, puts it together for you so you can gain a better sense of how and why you might incorporate everyday and repurposed household objects into your baby's play so you can feel more confident your baby's getting what she needs with less. You can download it straight from StrengthenWords.com for free, so feel free to check it out, as well as my other offerings. Hello, everybody, hello, everybody, it's nice to see you here today. Hello, everybody, hello, everybody, it's nice to see you here. We can start by saying hello to the people who are with us hello to a yell it, hello to the singers hello. hello 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 to the babies hello to the toddlers hello 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 to the children hello to the grown-ups hello 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 hello, hello. to your friends hello to my friends hello 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 Since I don't know your name, I'll help you sing the song and you can fill it in. Ready? Hello to your child's name. Hello to your name. Hello. 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 Hello to everybody. Hello. Everybody. Hello. 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 Let's say hello to some of the feelings we might feel and those feelings throughout the day. Because sometimes we just want to recognize that we we feel certain emotions, right? Hello to happiness, hello to sadness, Hello. hello, 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 hello to anger, hello to frustration, hello, 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 one last time, hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here today. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here. Self-regulation. Most of us has heard the term, but what does it really mean? We know it has to do with emotions, how we respond to situations, and whether we have the tools in place to do so effectively. Most of us struggle with it to some degree, let's face it, especially when challenged by sleep deprivation or by a grumpy toddler. But something for all parents and caregivers of young children to remember is that all infants and toddlers struggle with it. I want to speak specifically about the emotional component of self-regulation or emotional regulation. Our emotional responses are most basically physical, neurological, and biochemical reactions to situations and stimuli presented from outside our bodies. This includes bodily processes like heart rate, blood flow, respiration, and more. Our ability to self-regulate has to do with the maturation of our brains. For instance, throughout infancy, the frontal lobe is developing rapidly. This is an area we know is involved in the ability to regulate emotions and perform what's known as executive functioning skills. Think here about the skills an executive needs to perform, like the ability to plan, behave appropriately, solve problems, etc. We also know that emotional responses are part of temperament and behavior. We can think of the way emotions are expressed through actions. When a young child cries, laughs, or withdraws from an activity, they are communicating a behavioral response of sorts. Finally, emotional responses are linked to our cognitive abilities. For a young child to be able to participate in or complete a task, whether that's in the context of play, eating, or other routines, she must be able to attend to what she's doing. She needs to be able to problem solve a way to get what she wants if she's feeling hungry, tired, or frustrated, or dissatisfied. And she needs the language to express that feeling to those around her. So these three areas, physical, behavioral, and cognitive, are all involved in the development of emotional regulation. And we're not born with the ability to regulate our emotions, just like we're not born able to walk or speak. We have to learn, through imitation, practice, and observation, how to get our needs met. Like anything else, this takes time and is influenced by responsive caregiving. When we as parents and caregivers are consistent in our responses, we positively model and shape the ways that our infants and toddlers respond to their environment. We've spoken in past episodes about providing scaffolding or channeling Goldilocks and providing the developmentally appropriate level of support based on what our child is currently able to do. This is absolutely related to the idea of self-regulation, and we have to apply the same level of expectation to our child's ability to use appropriate emotional responses, according to early childhood educator Dr. Ida Rose Flores. When we calm our little ones, when they're frustrated, when we recognize that they're no longer able to attend to an activity and therefore end it or make it easier, we respond and we allow them to understand that they can rely on us to provide what's necessary for them to succeed and feel supported. When we give them the tools to express themselves through language, when we react to their emotional responses with patience and grace, We allow them to build confidence and eventually build the skills necessary to independently begin to regulate their emotions. Remember, many adults have difficulty with emotional regulation, so the key here is to give our little ones plenty of opportunities to imitate practice and observe others. One way we can do that is by using emotional language. I've spoken in the past about this, but essentially this refers to our own incorporation of emotional labels and information into the way we respond, the way we see others respond, either in situations within our environment or in books or pictures, and the way we read our children's own responses. I want to show you one fun way to do this, for which you can use one of our old DIY activities, the DIY Feelings Faces Plates. Create your own new ones, or simply download the printable images I provide on this week's corresponding DIY blog post, DIY Emotional Language Book for Self Regulation. I have in front of me a book on which each page shows a person exhibiting a strong emotion, and then a few smaller images of objects or influences from the environment that might have elicited an emotional response. Listen as I read from my book with my little one, incorporating one of my favorite tools for social-emotional connection, music. Where is a sad boy? Where is a sad boy? Here he is. Here he is. Why is he so sad today? Why do you think so? Hmm. I wonder what made him sad. Oh, look, here are a few reasons it could be Maybe he wanted to play with the ball. Or maybe he wants to go to bed. Or perhaps he wants his friends to come back and play with him. Poor little boy. What should we do to help him feel better? You're looking at the bed. Good idea. Let's put him in his bed so he can take a little rest. Oh, gosh, I'm tired too. Where is a happy girl? Where is a happy girl? Here she is, here she is. Why is she so happy now? Why do you think so? Oh, look at that nice smile. She looks so happy. I wonder why she feels so happy. Do you think it's because she's outside in the sun? Mmm, is it because her mommy's home? Oh, look, maybe she found her favorite toy car. Hmm. I like how you're looking at all three of them. Ah, oh, you touched the picture of the mommy. Should we look at a picture of your mommy? She's going to be home from work really soon. I've presented three options at a time, but you can always hide or remove one from view if you think your little one would do better with only two choices. Now, an infant and even a toddler will have trouble taking another person's perspective and imagining that he might be feeling a certain way. What this activity is meant to be used for is simply the practice of association, discussion of emotional words, and learning the practice of making inferences. When we model these kinds of behaviors, we encourage imitation, we give them practice with the vocabulary of emotions, and we encourage their powers of observation. I want to mention that this activity also inherently addresses empathy, another aspect of social-emotional development, and the development of theory of mind, having largely to do with perspective-taking, which we spoke about in our episode, A Theory of the Mind. Lastly, don't forget to look for signals that your little one might be trying to communicate to you about herself through these visual images, like I modeled in the second example. Children often learn to use visuals in their environment to express their desires, needs, thoughts, or opinions. It can be easy to assume that when a child points at a picture, they're asking us to label it, but there are so many other reasons we can assume they want to communicate, and often it has to do with their own personal experience with the item. Great. Before we continue our discussion of emotional regulation, I want to sing another song, one that I find to be a really useful one to pair with movement to either heighten the mood to stimulate or to create a slow lullaby to calm and decrease the stimulation. Skip, skip, skip to my Skip, skip, skip to my Skip, skip, skip skip to my Skip to my my darling. Laugh, laugh, laughing with my baby, laugh laugh, laugh with my baby, laugh, laugh, laugh with my baby, laugh with my baby, my darling. Sway, sway, sway with my sweet girl. Sway, sway, sway with my sweet girl. Sway, sway, sway with my sweet girl. Sway with my sweet girl. My darling, sleep, sleep, sleep with my sweet boy. Sleep, sleep sleep with my sweet boy sleep 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 with my sweet boy sleep with my sweet boy my darling ah so we spoke a lot about what emotional regulation is but what are some of the ways that we can support its development in our young children One way is through the use of emotional language. This includes talking about one's own feelings, the feelings of emotions we witness, and the words we use to reflect back what we witness our children feeling. This also includes the acceptance of our children's emotions and the recognition that not all emotional responses are pretty. So what does that look like in practice? One of the most obvious ways is a reaction many of us use as a default. When our toddler falls and scrapes her knee and then starts to cry, we want her to feel better. So we want her to move to a place where she feels emotionally regulated again. Our tendency then is often to direct our children's feelings, saying, don't be sad or you're okay, you don't need to cry about that when we think about what we're actually communicating with that response, we're actually discouraging them to recognize how they feel. And we're telling them that these responses are the wrong way to feel. But we all feel sad sometimes, right? We all just need to have a good cry or to feel sorry for ourselves for a minute. And actually, what we're trying to do is to give them the coping skills so that they can move through those moments effectively so that they can take a situation in which they have a dysregulated emotional response and then independently move back into a place where they feel able and confident and capable. So, a more effective way to do that might be to reflect back. You're feeling really sad. That hurt. Ouch! I saw you fall down. Let's see. When I feel sad, I sometimes need to take a break or get a hug. Do you think either of those things would help? When you do that, you give them the word for the emotion, you model empathy, you provide some possible solutions, and you guide your little one through towards the other side. Once you've done that, then distraction through a preferred activity, a change in the environment, say a quiet or less busy or more dimly lit environment perhaps, or a simple redirection of topic might do the trick. Giving our young children the tools to regulate their emotions effectively helps them build independence in the long run. I'm not encouraging overindulgence, overreactive responses, or the spoiling of young children. I am encouraging the following, which is based on guidelines from the National Association for the Education of Young Families and developmental and educational psychologist Dr. Martha Bronson's research for strategies to help young children to self-regulate. I'll provide the link for the article in this week's podcast episode page on my website. So the first thing is observe your infant and toddler closely, looking for cues that tell you how they're feeling. Respond to your young child and make attempts to be interactive and attentive to signals in your little one's routine that help her make sense of routines and transitions. Provide structure and predictability. Arrange developmentally appropriate environments so young children can access appropriate play materials as independently as possible. Define age-appropriate limits, helping your little one to feel safe by providing the rules for engagement and the understanding of what's expected. And show empathy and caring, allowing your little one to feel confident that you understand what it is she's trying to express and that you are there to support her so that she can in time better handle those big feelings on her own. What's perhaps most important and something we can apply to nearly all aspects of infant and toddler learning is that these kinds of emotional and social responses and cognitive skills take time to develop and often require heavy lifting from us in order to effectively support our children towards independence thanks for being here see you later what will you do the rest of your day goodbye to the babies goodbye to the toddlers goodbye bigger kids goodbye all the siblings goodbye to the grown-ups goodbye to the singers goodbye i yell it goodbye to this music We laughed and we played, we're getting very clever, this is what counts, being here together. Thanks so much, everyone. For instructions to create and ideas for how to use your very own DIY emotional language book for self-regulation, you can head over to my website, strengthinwords.com. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher, as well as straight from the website, If you enjoyed this episode, please do subscribe, rate, and review on any and all of those forums. If you feel inclined to support what we're doing here at Strength in Words, you can do so by visiting my website and clicking on the link to either make a one-time donation or by becoming a patron of Strength in Words on Patreon. I'll be here again next week.